Hello, you're listening to the Bonded Books Podcast, where we discuss books, fight over book boyfriends, and the lack of filter is a family trait. If you're lucky, you might even hear one of our dogs barking in the background. Because hey, if we have to deal with them, then so do you. We hope to dazzle you with our discussion while not being hurtful to the authors we feature. Success not guaranteed. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Oh, honey. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm okay. I'm like actually sweating bullets, but okay. I'm fine. Why? Oh, I, oh gee, I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'm sure it will all become crystal clear as we speak. Oh, is this have to do with the story that you're talking about today? <sighs> the story you're making me talk about? Yes, it is. Making you, you picked this story. I also sent you a text going, I don't know that I can, one, read this, <laughs> do this, discuss this. <laughs> My major disclaimer of the day is that you are forcing me to speak these words today. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's all on you. Well, now I'm a little terrified because what could you possibly be saying today that we haven't said in other episodes? <sighs> Guess I'll find out. You will. <laughs> How is your day going? Fine. Yeah. Okay. Good. I'm, I'm a little, <laughs> I'm a little thrown off that we're recording in the afternoon because usually we record in the morning. Yeah. But that's okay. I'll be fine. Yeah, I'm usually ready for a nap around this time. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll just go quickly. Ah. Uh, okay. So are you going to talk about what the book is and what we're doing different this time yet again? Yes, I think I should. Because at the end of the last episode, we had announced a book that we were going to be reading for this episode. We ended up changing our minds and not doing, we're not doing that book today. So (laughs) sorry to those of you who wanted to hear us as if we have repeat listeners Sorry for those of you who are listening (laughs) to that episode. (laughs) Yeah, but we are free as a bird, so we can do whatever we willy-nilly please. Yes, so we are actually uh, doing something we've never done before on the podcast. (laughs) We are, we picked an anthology instead, and uh, you picked one story from the anthology. I picked a different story from the anthology, And we're going to uh, tell each other kind of what happens in those stories and, um, you know, all the crazy shenanigans that happened. So the anthology is Monsters in Love, Lost in the Labyrinth, a paranormal monster romance anthology. That's the title. Yes, a long one, but accurate. Mm -hmm. So uh, you have a story so you could go first or if you want me to go first oh no you have to go first (laughs) oh god (laughs) because i don't know that i can talk after discussing this but go ahead okay all right okay i thought maybe you wanted to just rip your band-aid off and be done with it but that's fine no go ahead okay (laughs) 
One second. Hold on. <laughs> okay, so the story that I picked from the anthology is My Veiled Pursuer by Opal Fairchild. And have you read anything by this person before? I have. I have oh. read stuff from her. She's a newer author. Okay. I actually didn't want to pick her story because I have read this author before. And I feel like the whole point of anthologies is to pick something from an author you've never read before. So you could kind of figure out their writing style, um, you know, what kind of stuff they... It's kind of like a little sampler, right? Right. Yes. This one has like, I don't know, maybe nine or ten stories in the anthology. And when you get to like the title of each story, there's also like a little blurb that the author included mm -hmm. for the story. So you know what their story is about or just kind of the things that it touches on. Mm -hmm. And so it was between Opal's story and another author's story. And the other author's story was, what was it? It was a creature that we've already done, right? Oh, it's an orc, I think. Or Cyclops. It, it was, I don't know, a Greek. Or maybe it was a Minotaur. I don't remember. Oh, yeah, it was the Minotaur. Okay, yeah. So because that story had a creature that we've already talked about on this podcast, I picked Opal's story as the one to do because her creature is a Mothman. Oh, Mothman. That's going to be interesting. Okay. Yeah. So even though I've read this author before, I really was intrigued by the creature more than anything else. Um, but this anthology has like a million different things to choose from. Yeah. And depending on how this goes, we may even do this again. Yeah. So that's funny you say that because there's actually two charity anthologies that came out yesterday that I was going to mention on the podcast. Oh, okay. So I'll just mention them right now before we move on. So they came out yesterday. They're charity anthologies for Ukraine, for all the horrible things that are happening oh, over yeah. there. And 100% of the profits are going towards two different charities. And uh, let me look up the names. I ordered one yesterday, and I'm going to order another one um, in a couple days. Okay. Another anthology. Well, I may end up doing that too. So uh, the first anthology is called Fierce Hearts. I ended up picking it because there's a bunch of different authors on there that listed on the cover that I really like. Uh -huh. And then the other anthology, let me look it up. I'm totally drawing a blank right now. Hold on one second. That's all right. Okay. So the first one, like I mentioned, is Fierce Hearts. The other one is Adamant Spirits. Okay. So Fierce Hearts is romantic fantasy and fantasy romance. Mm -hmm. The other one, Adamant Spirits, is romantic urban fantasy, science fiction, and paranormal romance. Oh, there you go. Both of those have uh, proceeds going to um, charities for Ukraine. But yeah, so let's do this and see how it goes. Okay. And if we like it, then yeah, maybe we'll do more of these in the future. Okay, sounds good. Okay, so like I said, my story is My Veiled Pursuer by Opal Fairchild. The story opens with a girl named Echo. She's hanging out in her tent with her friend named Jetta. They're getting ready for a much needed night off to dance and relax away from their spaceship. Um, spaceship is called the Peony, like the flower. They are on a planet that is, uh, quote unquote, extremely void of sentient life. So it's like an abandoned planet. They're kind of like doing a spaceship missions, I think, to find a new home planet for um, them. 
I swear not even two minutes pass when they get to this hangout spot that all hell ends up breaking loose and they're attacked by monstrous beings on four legs. Oh, They have large scorpion-like tails that curl up from their backs with humanoid torsos. Yeah. And then each one has a spear with a glowing fire-like light at its end. So when this happened, I was like, oh my God, is one of these monster things going to be the hero? But then I was like, okay, if this thing has a scorpion tail, it doesn't really sound like a mothman. So no, I thought he was in Ohio. (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) The mothman mythology. It's in, isn't it Ohio where there's sightings of him? I have no idea, but now I'm going to have to Google this. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. I think there's even some things on uh, Netflix or or Discovery about, yeah, check it out. How have you not heard of the Mothman? But go ahead. Maybe it's not the same. No, I've heard of the Mothman before, but I haven't heard of Ohio. The only thing I know about Ohio is the Ohio State University and how annoying it is that anyone from Ohio can't just say Ohio State. They have to say the Ohio State. You mean like people say the 805? Yeah, it's quite annoying. (laughs) Okay, that's totally different. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. You say so. So Echo ends up getting separated from her friend as she runs away from this attack. She gets tangled in some uh, freaky Wizard of Oz apple tree style plants. And all of a sudden she's whisked away into the air. Her rescuer that rescued her from the plants has large pale green wings and two sets of arms. He's also naked except for a (laughs) loincloth. I get a very, like, insect-like Tarzan wall here. Yes, me too. Echo can't understand anything he is saying, but she does realize uh, really quickly that he smells delicious. Mmm, we like that. (laughs) So the next chapter, this is all like chapter one. The next chapter opens in his point of view, and... It opens with this hideous creature nearly got itself killed. And I died laughing. Oh, he's that's funny. Calling her yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. He decides to take her to the swamplands to look for something called Virgima. And that's something that can help them communicate better. They end up getting attacked by something and have to flee again. The whole world sounds a lot like Australia because bugs and plants are constantly trying to kill you every time you turn around. So they fly for a little bit before he lands somewhere. As soon as he lands, he does end up fingering her for a little bit. Because, yeah, sure. (laughs) Why not? And then they take off again and fly some more. We find out a little bit later in the book that his wings are an erogenous zone. (laughs) She kept touching them, Mm. not realizing, you know, she's like a, um, I don't want to call her a botanist, but she's like a botanist slash like um, scientist of some sort to help with the terraforming of this new planet. Oh, okay. So she's really interested in the plants and with him because he's an insect, basically. So she's like touching his wings because she's interested in them and how soft they are. But for him, he's just getting more and more sexually amped up and frustrated. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. So they end up flying some more. There's a lot of flying here. It definitely lives up to the Mothman with wing name. Mm-hmm. When they arrive at the swamp area, he plucks something out of the water and takes whatever that thing is and jams it into her ear. What? It's like a communication device and it's like a bug or something Ew. like burrows its way into her ear. Mm. Oh God, it was horrible. So for her, it like hurts like hell, <sighs> but the second it like settles, she can understand him perfectly. Okay. So now they can communicate. I kind of liked this about this story because we were like a couple chapters in and they're talking to each other, but they don't understand what the other saying. And even for him, his dialogue is in like an alien language until we get to this, like this portion. And then everything is in English from there on. So that was kind of cool. One of the first thing he says to her is, the lust you have unleashed inside me is a river overflowing. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's like, I, what? I did not mind his direct and uh, fast tracked approach to mating so then he starts kissing her his tongue starts vibrating <gasps> okay so i was like hello hello <laughs> oh my god okay <laughs> okay <laughs> at this point she can finally figure out his name i think we're in chapter five she finally figures out that his name is zakyrus she asks if she can go back to her camp um, he says he can't take her there we find out later in the story why he can't take her there but at this point he says he i can't remember what he says now but basically he says he can't take her there because of the attackers oh that um, like raided her village thing. And he says, nobody's going to be there because the attackers will eat their (gasps) victims. So she doesn't know what happened to her friend. I can't remember if it's now or if he ends up telling her later, but she eventually finds out like there's no point of going back because nobody will be there because they just destroy and eat everything. Like locusts. Yeah. After much protesting from Echo, he ends up just like whisking her off and taking her to a shelter. Mm-hmm. A shelter? Okay. Yeah, because they need to like hide from the other things that are around (laughs) and just in case those things show up again. I'm thinking woman's shelter. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, the planet's uninhabited, but there's women's shelters there? Okay, now I understand what you're saying. No, I don't think they have a human orphanage (laughs) there. Well, you never know. Anything can happen in sci-fi. Yeah, that that is true. Um, So they do find a shelter. I can't remember what it is, um, like a house or I don't remember what it is. But as soon as they get there, he decides to cash in all of his sexy time chips immediately. Oh. Because he's still all amped up from all of the um, wing touching that she was doing. Does she know by now that by touching his wings, she's turning him on? He does tell her, like, you started it because of, you know, you were touching my wings. And, you know, they do have a whole conversation of she's like, that was accidental. I didn't know it was an erogenous zone for you. Like, I was interested in them. But if you're saying they have some sort of aphrodisiac power, like, I apologize. But he's like, well, too late now, bitch. For for tat, you owe me. But I did like that the conversation they have because she verifies with him that it's going to be casual sex only because she she does think to herself that she has had other alien partners before. Oh, so even though she's a human, oh. I guess because of their like spaceship exploration sure. situation, yes. this is not her first time at this alien rodeo. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> 
So her biggest concern is like, sex does not equal mating with your species, correct? And he's like, sure, sure. Like, we'll keep it casual. She's like, okay, well, then I'm game for anything. Oh, good for her. Yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> so um, he ends up eating her out with his like vibrating Jesus tongue. Christ. Yes. And um, he keeps referring to her lady parts as a flower in a normal book would really gross me out and I would hate it. But because he's an insect, it actually really fits for him. Sure. I kind of liked it for this book, but otherwise if it was like a normal human, I'd be like, Oh, you're disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try dirty talk, not this romantic crap. They start to get um, to the actual like sex portion of things. How do I describe this? Let me brace, I'm brace myself. Maybe I need to brace myself. Go ahead. Because he's an an insect, basically, he has like a exoskeleton. So his penis is like internal. Kind of like those snakes, those nagas. Yes, a lot like the naga. So what some people refer to as cock pockets, that's basically <laughs> what he has. <laughs> I learned so much since having this podcast with you. I just, it's endless. A font of... <laughs> An endless source of horrible, mind-blowing information. Okay. His penis comes out, and it's actually a self-lubricating penis. God, wouldn't that be nice? She, she refers to it as like a um, like a lubed-up sex toy almost. And apparently the women in his species don't get wet, so that's why they he gets wet. Because he's like fascinated that she also has her own wetness happening well let me tell you as a woman that's been through menopause that would be awfully handy he wants to start fucking her well because he's an insect he ends up fucking her while they're flying sure why not so he picks her up with all four of his hands because he's got two arms <laughs> <Yeah>. right <laughs> <laughs> it's very complicated with the four hands and his lubed up dick and He's got these things on either side of his dick that she refers to as frills. I don't really know how to describe them. I picture them as like, they're not extra hands, but because she says they like hold her thighs apart while he fucks her. Oh my God. I almost picture them as like little hands. Oh no. So she doesn't mind them though. She says they're really soft and they feel good. So I don't, maybe it's like a really big, like seventies bush. Oh, stop. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh dear god i can't i can't yeah so they they do it in flight it goes well they end up landing they end up fucking some more she's like on top of him this time when he comes his cum has a numbing agent in what? it yeah so as soon as he orgasms she starts to tingle and relax like immediately because now her lady bits are all numbed up i i don't know this is another biology thing that they have for what's the, the, what's the women purpose of, this of that to not feel i didn't that's i don't like that only at the end i think it's because the women of that species don't get wet so it's to help them with any pain they would be having but then at the same time i'm like if you're all wet and lubed up the whole time why doesn't that lube have a little bit of a numbing thing in it too i don't want any numbing assistance thank you what's the point i want to feel things i think for his species it's kind of painful for the women to have sex. okay all so right. okay so after they have sex they relax and i think they fall asleep a little bit they end up waking up to an attack from these creatures that are described 
as like looking like owls. Oh. And so that was kind of cool. Moth food. So yeah, he tells her to run and hide um, while he tries to fight off these creatures. So she does run off. She ends up getting caught, but then Zakyrus rescues her and they leave from there. And now they're, they go to a cave to rest in. Okay. So the cave has like, um, uh, what do you call it? Like the healing waters, like a hot spring. Mm. It has like a hot spring in the cave. Mm -hmm. So he takes her in there so that they can all like go in the healing waters to repair themselves. But also in this cave, the cave is full of like these little creatures. I picture like the little, um, damn it. I should have looked this up before we started talking. Crabs. The, (laughs) No, they no no no. They remind me of like the little green things from like the Muppets, um, the Jim Henson show. I used to love this goddamn show. Fraggle Rock. The name of these things. I love Fraggle Rock. So these things remind me of the little green men from Fraggle Rock. Those creatures start catering to their every need, and so. she learns now here that this planet is run on a caste system. Oh. So these little creatures are below whatever Zakyrus's people are in the caste uh-huh. system. And so these little creatures do like manual labor and like farming and stuff like that. Zakyrus's people do like protection for them. It's like a symbiotic relationship. So they're like catering to their every need. They do go to the healing waters. Um, they eat a little bit and they rest. And then these creatures are dancing later in the night (laughs) and they end up dancing with them once they've rested because they're also their entertainment committee no i think they're just like after the end of the day they it's like what they do to relax and hang out they just join them in the like merriment it's not like they were throwing a show for them like specifically (laughs) (laughs) i don't know that's why i'm asking questions they end up dancing with these creatures they end up going off and fucking some more. Um, there's a lot of sex in this book, this very short story. Yes. <laughs> when they wake up in the caves, he tells her that he will take her back to the camp. Um, and then at this point, he also says that he chooses her as his mate and that his species gets to choose to mate with whoever they want to mate with. And he basically says like, I choose you and it's okay if you don't choose me back. But she does say that she wants that too. And so now they're like a couple, which is kind of nice that they like agreed on the mating. It wasn't like one of those instant Mm -hmm. things. Yes. So they get back to her camp and she goes to what was the commander's tent in an attempt to find the radio so that she can contact the mothership, the peony that I mentioned earlier. Yes. But another fucking thing arrives and attacks them. Wow. I'd be like, no thanks. I'm going to leave this planet. So it was one of the little scorpion creatures from the first attack. Yeah, it had, it was injured. And so the other creatures left it there to die. But then of course it's like, oh, you guys returned and now it's attacking them and they're fighting with each other. Zakyrus ends up getting hit with the scorpion thing's tail and is like instantly paralyzed. He got hit with the tail at the same time he was like stabbing the thing with his like sword or spear or whatever he had. So that scorpion creature did die. Zakyrus is paralyzed so she's really worried about him she's thinking like okay scorpions from like past earth could like 
paralyzed things, but they could still live. So I'm hoping he still lives, but she ends up spending like hours with him, hoping he'll wake up. Dear God, she just got made it to him and now he's going to be paralyzed. Well, and he's like not responding to anything. He's like basically comatose. He's so paralyzed. So she's really freaked out at this point. Yeah, I know. Poor thing. So more of the moth (laughs) creatures show up, which are Zakira's people. Um, They are... Nocris, I think is how they're pronounced. They explain to her that the paralyzation is temporary and they end up laughing at Zakiris and they're like, oh, he's oh, fine. God. He's always getting into trouble. Like this has happened to all of us. He'll be fine. And they end up like sitting around the camp and like hanging out until he comes to. Oh, <laughs> well, at least he's, he comes to eventually. That's good. It's kind of embarrassing for him, but at the same time, at least he's okay. When he is okay, um, he introduces Echo as his mate to everyone. Mm. They end up going off and having again again yes (laughs) i think this story had the most sex scenes per page that i've ever read (laughs) and it's a short story that's funny and it's a short story but it wasn't like horrible whatever tent they're in where they're doing this they end up hearing some beeping and it's an incoming call from the peony so she answers it and explains to the captain think it's the captain who also ends up being the mom of her friend Jetta from the beginning of the story yeah it's horrible she has to explain to her like they were attacked and she thinks everyone's dead that person on the mastership ends up telling her that they're going to contact something called the imperium which sounds like their head government Mm -hmm. from what i can tell in the story she also ends up telling her that they won't be able to land for six weeks because they were supposed to be there for months so they're like uh, you're going to be stuck there for six weeks. Are you okay? Like, well, she's, we can't come. Yeah, for she's you. made it now. Isn't she going to be there forever? Yeah. So she ends up saying like, that's fine. We'll see you when you get here. And she doesn't tell that woman that what attacked them eats the victims. She just says like, you know, if I can find anybody, I will save them until you get here. So the story actually ends with her thinking that everything will be okay because she has Sakiris with her. Okay. So you don't know whether her friend is alive or not. Yeah, you don't know if her friend is alive or not, but the assumption is that she's dead because nothing survives. Ugh. From these attacks. So, and when they got to the camp, there was literally nobody there and nothing there. Like it was just abandoned. So, so my question would be why would she not tell the captain this in the event that she is killed and these people are going to land? So, they're unknowingly going to potentially walk into the same situation she and her friend were in. Yeah, she needs to tell them. That's a good point. She is kind of worried that she's going to start a war or this event will start a war because of how these like head government imperium people will react when she tells them like not only is this not a sentient planet or not an abandoned planet i should say like um we originally thought but also like we were attacked and a bunch of people died so she's really worried how they're gonna react so i think she wants to tell them in person at the end it does say there is more to come with this world maybe it's a prequel to a new series i wouldn't be surprised Hmm. so did you like it what is your opinion i did like it so i would give it 
four wet oh, panties wow. because, well, I didn't really go into it, but there's actually a lot of world building that happens in mm-hmm. the story. Every creature was very unique and very well described, like the scorpion people, the owl people, the plants, like it's very descriptive and unique and it fits really okay. well. I also liked that Echo and Zakyrus couldn't understand each other for a while. Mm-hmm. It's very much like Ruby Dixon and her Dragon series and her Ice Planet series. Yeah, you know, sometimes you read like an alien romance and they can understand each other right away. Or, you know, he's an alien, but he's still very human-like. This is a very, very like alien, alien, Mm -hmm. Ruby Dixon-ish story. So it was still good. And I do think that this story would be good for the reading challenge for the what's in the box. Oh yeah. yeah. Point. Yeah. Because his nether regions <laughs> were very different. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sounds, sounds great. Your turn. Oh, dear God. Okay. So the, the story that I picked is in the same monsters in love anthology is called the den by Atlas Rose. And when I, read the title I thought oh maybe it's about wolf shifters which I I like and I'm interested in so I picked it I start reading it and there is a little blurb in the beginning that tells you what the story is about and it says that five savage demons have invaded crown city and they're looking for dot 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 me they were holy crap is this a reverse harem what Hold on, just hold your, cool your jets, Jesus. And it says, they were monsters, glowing eyes, midnight black fur. They told me I was theirs now. And that is the intro to the story. And the story starts, it's about a woman named Arden. And she is at the office working and her best friend's name who works with her is Leah. Arden doesn't look good. She's breaking out in a sweat and she's running a fever and she looks like hell. And Leah keeps telling her that you need to go to the doctor. She says she will at some point, but she needs to finish her report, which is also what her boss, whose name is... Corden tells her, thank you for being a team player and deciding that you're going to stay and finish your report because we have to, you know, it's very important. But then all of a sudden, uh, Arden passes out. And when she comes to, Leah's telling her, uh-oh, yeah, you passed out. And not only did you pass out, you passed out in the middle of a damn earthquake. And there's a reporter panicking on a television or on the radio behind her stating that there's some type of destructive force that's tearing through the city and destroying buildings in its wake. After she tells her you passed out and this reporter is talking about the city's being destroyed, Leah's telling her you need to go to the hospital and she's and she's going to drive her. So she gets her in the car and she's like, no, you can't take me to the hospital because I don't have insurance. And she goes, fine, I'll take you home, but I'm going to text you every hour and you better answer me because I'm really worried about you. So as they get to the car, there's they don't know what's going on because the city is being destroyed and there's all this wind and they're like, what is happening? Is it an is it a hurricane? They get to her apartment. Arden walks through her apartment door. She collapses on the bed. The bed is rumbling and shaking. And she thinks to herself, 
I'm going to die. I'm dying. And she knew she was in trouble. And she's like, I'm just going to lay there and probably not going to see the morn the morning come because I'm going to die. She hears a voice inside her head that says, get up my plaything." Oh my God. Yeah, okay. she's able to get up. She stumbles into the living room. She's looking at the skyline. There's a bunch of shadows descending like a tsunami and she hears glass breaking. And all of a sudden her house goes dark. And when she looks, there's five hulking savage wolves who are in her living room leaving nothing but utter destruction in their wake. One of them looks at her and says, you, you, he growls, it (laughs) rises up on his back legs. He grabs her by her neck and says to her, you're already sick. He says, we found you just in time then. And you belong to us. And then it says, sleep mortal. And she goes to sleep. And when she wakes up, her hands are tied and the beast is running with her on his back. She suddenly, they stop. She falls onto the ground. She lifts her head. The beast is walking over to her. And she feels like her bones are rubbing together, splintering and fracturing until the shattering was all I could feel. Oh my God. Yeah, so I'm thinking, oh, okay, she's a wolf shifter, right? That's what I'm thinking. That's what it sounds like to me. She's delirious and she says, I haven't finished the spreadsheets. And the wolf goes, what? And she goes, you can talk. And he goes, well, what do you want me to do? Meow? She's all, there's something <laughs> wrong with me. I'm sick. I'm really sick. I need to go to the hospital. And he's like, why do you think we're here? And then she thinks in her head, God, he was big. And then this massive pink tongue comes out of his mouth and starts catching her sweat that's dripping down the side of her neck. And it cools the fire that's burning inside her. And she goes, again. And he says, give yourself to us and we will help you. And she's like, what the fuck? And he's trying to explain to her, we can take away your pain and your fever. She's trying to get her hands out of the binding. And she notices that there's some kind of marking on his chest and it's in the shape of a skull and it's the same marking that was on her wrist yeah she's really confused she doesn't know what's going on she ends up landing on another beast back she's able to dig her hands into his fur and she's trying desperately to hold on and they're following the alpha as they're running through the woods the branches are hitting her in the face and she's calling out because obviously it hurts and the alpha Ends up telling the wolf that has her on the back to get away from the trees because they're hurting her. So she's aware that he's aware of what she's feeling. So all she wants is some water. They end up stopping by a river. She's able to get down off the wolf and they let her stagger towards the water and she ends up collapsing. And then she can feel herself being dragged out of the water. And the wolf says to her, you're a fool. You could have killed yourself. And my thought was, well, then why did you let her get all the way to the river to begin with. Yeah, yeah, she's yelling at them, take me to a hospital. And they're trying to explain, if we take you to the hospital, you're going to die. We're going to take care of you. She passes out again. She comes to and she's like, what's going on? And he asks, are you going to trust us, female? And she ends up saying, uh, say yes. <laughs> she does say, okay. And he says to her, 
ride him now. And in her mind, she's like, another wolf steps forward and she's like, ride him. And an image uh, bloomed in her mind of her and him and flesh and fur and fucking hard. Okay. And she's like, thinks this is sick. And my note was a damn right. That's sick. <laughs> okay. And she's like, okay, I can do this. And my fists tighten on his fur and he takes off he calls her female again. That's when she says, my name is Arden. And he says, you're getting weaker. We have to hurry. And there's some kind of glowing in the distance. They take her to what they're calling home. It's home for the time being. The alpha lowers his head and growls in her ear for her to go to sleep. She does. But when she wakes up, she hears the clinking of chains and the alpha's like oh you're awake she shoves backwards and she's kicking something warm at her back and she hears a voice say watch it okay and she's like where the fuck am i and then the wolf's like think you can run female you can barely stand she's all i'm i'm sick and he ends up stepping closer and says it's getting worse sticks his tongue out again and starts licking her neck tells her to take her shirt off and she's like fuck you and she's like you need to do this it will ease your pain and she's starting to panic but she ends up taking her shirt off you know only leaving her in her bra and my note again is what the fuck what is happening so can i ask sure go right ahead the guys are they in human form are they wolves oh no they are full-on wolves okay 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 continue so then he starts nuzzling the strap of her bra and then opens his jaw unhooks it with his fangs takes it off (laughs) yes yes thank you for making me read this she can feel his tongue that's cool and perfect and easing her fire He starts licking her breasts. And my note again is, what the fuck is happening? And he tells her, open your (laughs) eyes so you can see. Okay. He lifts his head from in between her legs. Let us take care of you. The alpha nudges her leg, pushing it to the side. In your need, I could give myself over to this desire. Give my heart. My heart belongs to me. Again, she hears this whisper in her head, like a forgotten memory. And the other wolves crowd around her, telling her, you need us. We'll help you with this transition. The fever's almost over. Then she feels her jeans being unbuttoned. But how do they unbutton her jeans if they're in their wolf God, form? I don't know, Rachel. Why? I have logistic questions. <laughs> okay. I don't ask. Uh, please just let me get through this. Okay. They tell her it's time to evolve or die. She is. Oh, she has this overwhelming urge to tilt her head and expose her neck. The alpha says, "Ours, you know, she's ours. Give in to us." She's like, "I wanted to give in to this glorious agony." He, and then the alpha says, "He's almost ready for you," and she's all, "Who?" And the alpha goes, "Your prince." And my note is, again with a prince? Oh, is it the prince of darkness? I think it is. He's waiting for you. She's like, all of a sudden I knew what was happening, what these beasts wanted me to do, and I needed to stop. She hears her friend uh, in her head, who was always the brave one that's telling her, run, Arden, run. And suddenly, even though she's super weak, she's able to run 
towards the door and they're calling after her. They're calling out her name. She yanks the torn remnants of her panties off and she's running into something that's not a maze. It's a labyrinth. She's sure she's going to die because she feels like she's running in circles. They tell her to come back, that you're going to die. She catches sight of a man and she stares at him and she says, you can help me out of this. And he lifts his hand and he says, yes, but you need to come with me. She looks away because she hears the wolves getting closer and she turns back and the man's gone. And then the wolf is all talking to her again, says, I told you not to run. The wolf at her front and then four at his back. And she's telling him, stay away from me. And he says, we can't. Uh, we're drawn to you. We have traveled the caverns of the underworld to find you. And she thinks, uh, I can't keep fighting. And the wolf tells her you never could fight. And she's like, why me? He tells her that's not ours. It's not for us to explain, but let us take your pain away. Give in to us or you will die right here. And she says, yes. The alpha comes closer to her uh, and says, you're running out of time. And he nuzzled her back again, grabs her hips with his massive paws, and starts fucking her from behind in his wolf form. Wow. Yes! I, I've okay. never read a book like this. Okay? And he finally is, you know, doing her, and she's thinking, God, he's thick. Uh, I told you this before, you need us. And she says, energy blooms inside me at this connection. I shouldn't want this. Shouldn't tremble in perfect agony. And he's telling her, take it, take it all and survive. It says, my body constricted around his thickening knot as he drove deeper. And while he's doing this, another beast is nuzzling her cheek as the alpha pushes, pushes deeper inside her. She's like, who the fuck are you? And the Alpha says, we are yours, yours to command, yours to control. We were created by our master to help you transition, to go to him. And she hears the voice again saying, come to me, Arden, I'm waiting for you. She finally gives in and says, yes. And she's screaming for God's sake, harder. And my note is, dear God, where is the holy water? While I'm reading this book, I need a crucifix, a Bible, and some holy water. And oddly, the wolf yells to her, there is no God here, only death. Yeah. Oh, God, okay. I'm getting dizzy just reading this to you. It's so much. And he's like, um, there's no more denying, said the four wolves in unison. Agony claimed her again. He picks her up. He picks up his pace, unleashing a grunt the wolf in front of her says bite me and the alpha says yeah you need to bite him arden she ends up sinking her teeth into the wolf's fur in front of her and of course the alpha's loving it uh and it's not just teeth she can feel fangs she has her own fangs well, yeah okay. the wolf in front of her lowers his head and brushes up against her chest shoving me backwards against the alpha and the alpha says tried to warn you and the wolf in front of her doesn't stop instead he's balanced on his hind legs grabs her hips lifts her off the ground and starts she wraps her legs around his waist okay isn't she fucking the other well, guy I guess right they're now done, and now she's moving on to this okay. one he says ours he grabs she grabs the wolf and stares into the eyes of the beast but the, a beast wasn't what i saw i saw darkness i saw hunger i saw five creatures who hunted the world for me tearing apart buildings on their way to find me and now they had 
dot, dot, dot. And that's how this story ends. Oh, that's the ending? And there's another book that comes out that you could pre-order that's called I Don't Kneel for Monsters. And I thought, well, thank God this book ended because I feel like I've read a book about bestiality by reading this. I don't want to read a book about bestiality. I had no idea where this book was going. I thought for sure the wolves were going to shift into men or she was going to transition into a wolf. None of that happened. I can't unread what I read. Like, I can't unsee what I saw. Yeah, you're traumatized. I really traumatized from reading this. I did not like this at all. I give this zero panties. Oh, wow. Okay. It did nothing for me. And I think there should have been a disclaimer at the beginning that, you know, maybe people are in. There's apparently a hard line that I won't cross. And this is it for me. It's really different when it's like an alien and you're like on a different planet. And the wolf thing, they're too similar to like dogs in real life and things that were around too much in real life. Like I'm never around an alien. So I'm not worried about a mothman. Yeah, well, I'm reading this book in and real I've life. got a 200 pound English Mastiff laying at the foot of my bed. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, this is horrifying. Get out. That is weird. So I, God, I have so many questions. Like, Like, is she having a fever dream because she was sick in the apartment? So is it all, I'm, I wish it was. (laughs) Um, She was so ill. She's having some delusional dream. It sounds like she's like an omega going into heat, but she's not really transitioning. So like, why did the author keep them as wolves and keep her as a human? Maybe in the next book, she's going to transition all the way. I kind of want to know what happens next, but at the same time, I really don't. Yeah, I I feel like (laughs) these were the hounds of hell. Maybe the world is in the apocalypse. The world's coming to an end. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Because it's on Earth, right? It sounds like it starts like a normal work day. Yeah, I thought my job was hell before I retired. Um, Yeah, I I can't even talk about this story because it was really, I did not like it at all. And the worst part is, so we didn't record in the morning because I went to my women's club meeting and I ended up speaking to one of the women who is into paranormal romance books. I was shocked because I never would have thought that in a million years from this woman. And I really don't want anybody there to know about this podcast but of course I had my mug and she starts talking to me and so I end up telling her you know about a couple of authors and she likes to listen to the audio paranormal romance books I'm like oh yeah my daughter's really getting into that I told her about our podcast I hope to god she doesn't listen to this because uh when this life and real life yeah together I will never be able to show my face at this woman's club again Well, it's not like well, you thank wrote God. it and you're not saying you enjoyed and it. And didn't I tell you, now do you understand why I said, I don't even want to read this. I don't want to talk about it. Now do you understand? Now I get it. Yeah, because when you finished it, you were like, we need to yeah. talk. And I was like, I was like, okay. You were like, no, I think we should discuss it at the podcast. I'm intrigued. Well, if you had to be traumatized, now you can just... Make other people traumatized as well. Might as well just keep it going. Yeah, I'm never reading anything <laughs> like that again. And yeah. I love how our brains work because we could be like, oh, Mothman, yeah, no big deal. Right. Oh, that move? Wolves yeah. hard limit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wolves that are running wild in a forest. Animals that I know. It's just sick. Yeah, like 
dogs, wolves, horses, oh, like zebras and Tijuana. I, <laughs> oh my yeah. god. Yeah, I it was way too much for me. So I was really kind of surprised that that's what these stories were like. Oh, and the thing you should Google is the Mothman prophecies. That's what you should Google. Oh yeah, that was a movie. It's, I don't think I ever watched it, but yeah, but there's sightings of the Mothman and the the collapsing of that bridge in Ohio was one of the things that they said was brought about. They believe because of the Mothman. Mm, all the more reason to not go to Ohio. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, because I looked at that place. It was too late. That place is gone. I should have bought it, man. I bet it was a dream. Oh no, I just mean in general. Like, who wants to go to Ohio? Oh, Ugh. okay. Well, Sounds we good. have listeners in a no offense to yeah, anyone. Shut up. <laughs> People might love Ohio. Stop it. Who lives in Ohio? Dave Chappelle. Yes, he lives in a little artist town in Ohio. And I did a lot of research about the town he lives in. Yeah, he lives. I'm sure it's great. (laughs) I've literally, I've never Mm -hmm. been there. But literally, the only thing I know about Ohio is the obnoxious the Ohio State mm. thing. So it's not fair for me to base my entire dislike of a state just on this one small yeah. little thing. There's plenty of things that people could say about the state we're in. And, and they, they do. do. <laughs> Fine, stay out. There's too many people here anyway. So uh, what are you reading now? What am I reading, are you reading now? I anything good or? So I'm finally reading one of the freaking libraries (laughs) (laughs) okay good oh my god so when you check out a library book through libby you get to have them for three weeks so i'm really coming down to the wire Mm. with this one and it's like really stressing me out that i'm not going to finish it before it has to go back so i'm like oh my god so right now i'm reading covet by tracy wolf um, I want to say it's book three in her Crave oh, series. I, I read that book. I think we had maybe talked about reading it. It's a young adult, and I don't know if you. Oh, would I don't enjoy like it, young adults. Yeah, um, it's good. I do like it. Um, so I'm reading that right now, and then I'm listening to an audio book when I'm in the car, like driving to work or you know whenever. So the audio book I'm listening to, and honestly, this audio book is taking me for effing ever because it is so long. Can Can you not adjust? I just saw something last night and I don't even remember how I saw it, but can you adjust the speed of the audiobooks So that they talk faster in the audio? Maybe. I don't know if I can through the... So I'm doing this through the Hoopla app. All right. So I I don't know if I can. I probably can if I mess with it more, but this audiobook is literally like 15 hours long. It's insane, but I am enjoying it. It is The Awakening by Nora Roberts. Oh yeah, you had told me that. Yeah, so that one's pretty good. So I'm kind of have two things going on i can't read two books at the same time but i could do like read one listen to a different one no it's funny because so that's what i'm doing i can read two books at once and don't even ask me why i have no idea why but it doesn't bother me in the least i am reading the heiress and the orc okay and 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 again this author what's her name finley fen I felt like I was going to pass out last night while I was reading it because like, oh my god, I can't believe what I what this guy is saying to her. Oh, I, I don't think I could ever handle a man talking to me the way this these orcs speak to their women. He calls her lass. Yes, but he calls her it. dirty lass. Dirty, dirty girl. Yeah. <laughs> He's 
says things to her that are like, oh my God, did you really just say that? Oh my God. Yeah. Of course I didn't (laughs) stop reading it. I'll take this over wolves. Gang bang of wolves for God's sake. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Give me the orc. Yeah. uh, Come hydrant. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Let's not talk about that. Did we even pick out a book for, oh, we did. We did. And then you changed it. So yeah, I'm changing it. I get to say after you've made me read that horrible book. Okay, so this is just it further proves our point how we, we don't can't... know what we're doing. <laughs> no, I wasn't saying that. How we can't handle like the wolves <laughs> or the horses or things like that in books, but we're gonna read this book. Like <laughs> the people that are listening to us are gonna these, be like, "What is wrong with these women?" women? Are insane. We never. When we announce the next book. I had a psychiatrist on speed dial that told me she'll put in writing anytime I want that I am in fact sane. I'm just a little different. Oh, okay. Shut up! <laughs> what the hell? Why is she saying that she would put it in writing for you? For who? For you. <laughs> for yourself? <laughs> oh, for me? Yeah. Oh, no. I have, <laughs> I have run-ins with people that think I'm crazy. And she's like, you're not crazy. I'm like, okay, I may need that in writing. I may need you, I may need okay. you to testify that in a court of law. That makes sense. May yeah. have to go circle back well, to that if, bathtub comment I made in our last podcast. But Okay, but if you're having that situation, you want them to think that you're crazy. You don't want to be like, I'm sane and competent, and then I did all of oh, these okay. things. Oh, okay, then we won't call her as a witness. Remember <laughs> oh that. God. All right. I'll help, I'll help you. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> thank God you, you have some law information background yeah i know you you'd be all i don't know that uh, woman <laughs> Mom yeah, who? she's delusional and thinks um she's my mother but we're nothing alike ask anyone that knows us new phone yeah <laughs> evil evil i knew i should have had more children damn it now i only have you god all right so do you want to talk about the book we're going to be reading yeah i can announce I it if you it, want but yes so you can announce it go um, ahead no, go, go right ahead. Go ahead. I know what that means. That means I forgot no, what it's called. No, it's called I'm going to do it. And everyone should, if nothing else, look at the frigging cover of this book, okay? It, it does me freak out. me out, too. But, you know, if you can watch, what is that? Creature from the Black Lagoon. You can read this book. It's called I Married a Lizard Man by Regina yeah. Abel. She's mm-hmm. a USA Today's best-selling author. So it... Must be something good. <laughs> I was just um, intrigued by the cover. And I'm like, you know what we should read? The Lizard Man book. Yeah, why not? And I think she just had a book come out in this series or it's going to come out soon. Oh. And I think it's called I Married a Minotaur. Oh, dear God. <laughs> we can't, we can't get, get away, away from, from the Minotaur books. But no, I think this is different. And we, you know, if we could read a friggin' snake book. Yeah, this won't be But that at least different. the snake was um, human looking from the waist up. This this guy's a full on lizard. Yeah, his, I mean, the cover's really good because he definitely looks like a lizard's part man, part lizard thing. More lizard than anything else. But his scales kind of freak me out. I don't know how you think this looks like a part male. How in the... No, I just mean like his face is shaped like a human. And like his arms, he has like shoulders and like... Okay, he's got muscles. (laughs) He's doing a lot of little bench presses on the wall, like our lizards Well, let me tell you, I'll never look at those lizards in my yard that terrify me the same after reading this book, I'm sure. (laughs) I wish they were green. They wouldn't scare me as much. 
They look too much like snakes. I bet, what color are they? They are they're green. They're not green. What the hell are you talking? You're, oh, you're saying because they're yes. like brownish in color? Yes. Oh, 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 yeah. Yeah, they, yeah that's yeah, a I good like point. Them. A lot of the snakes down here Ugh. are brown. Okay. I bet this guy has a cough oh, pocket. <laughs> God. Oh, dear God. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. Okay. All right. Yeah, so I, I'm going to take a clonopin now and lay down. Okay. God. <laughs> Well, you never have to listen to this episode again. I have to rehear the wolf oh, gangbang in the editing. So. <laughs> oh my God. I've never read a book like that. And I'm old and have read a plethora of books. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you All go right. have fun editing. Oh, All yeah. Right, I will. Bye. All right. Bye. bye.